everyone. Welcome to the AMT Tech Trends Podcast, where we discuss the latest manufacturing technology research and news. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by IMTS Plus, and I am the Director of Technology, Benjamin Moses, and I'm here with... The Technology Analyst, Stephen Lamarca. Steve, welcome to 23. Thanks, Ben. Welcome <laughs> to 23. <laughs> it's the first couple of days back for work for me. I've been off for a while. Feels like ages. I think you've been doing everything right. Thanks. You know... We all we all needed that break. Those of us who got a break, <laughs> you know, I'm very thankful that we got a break. Yep. Um, but like, you know, we were just saying in the last episode that feels like a year ago now um, that if 2023 is just as good as 2022 was, but slowed down. Yeah, we're good. And yeah. I think you're off to a perfect start. I think we're starting off well. <laughs> a lot of emails were backed up, but it's all good. It's expected. Yeah, oh, my <laughs> goodness was there a lot of email like all right i'll be honest with you i don't get a lot of emails sure um i'd like to think it's because i have good rules and stuff in my outlook but um when i got back uh into the i i told myself over the break i'm not gonna check my email at all and i was good i was true to that i didn't yeah um actually i checked once because i did want to see if um, spoiler alert, Fruit Core got back to me and they did, but right. I didn't read it Okay, and I didn't respond to it until I was back in the office. But when I get back in the office, it's, it's, it's something, and this is probably light for a lot of people, but my inbox said like 76 unread. <laughs> That's quite That's a, a lot for me. <laughs> yeah. That's a fair amount. So, you know, kicking off this year, we want to talk about, uh, you have an update on Blackstone. Some oh, yeah. oil analysis Remember from last year? Like the past three episodes, I've been blabbing about how I finally sent an oil sample <laughs> after the last 30,000 miles, and I've been really paranoid that like I'm about to blow my engine. Yep. Blackstone got back to me. They went over the sample. They said, yeah, some some levels of like iron and whatnot are elevated, but that's to be expected okay. in the averages for this engine. You're still below average in terms of things that aren't supposed to be in your oil compared to other of the same type of engines for this model car. That's the best news to be told you're b- is, below average. It, <laughs> so, yeah, this is the best time to be told you're below average. Um, and and it's great. It just means like, oh, my, I can stop worrying. Good. I've Good. got some 2023 could bring me another track day or two. Uh, <laughs> I just, yeah, it's I wanna, just good news. I'm going to mention a side note. So we talk about car stuff. I've been waiting for a new windshield for about one and a half months now. You told me about this. (laughs) Supply chain issues, man. So we've been, uh, Safe Flight's been trying to get an aftermarket one. It's missing a rain sensor. So they have to get one from the dealership. And uh, the rain sensor is in the windshield. The cutout for the rain sensor. Gotcha. They can't rub it away or they can't scrape it. Whatever. It's fine. They they wouldn't be specific part. (laughs) So uh, I'm. Technically, I've been failing inspection for the past few months. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I just let it be. I'm just going to. Yeah, but this for a few months. Yeah, they it's don't, fine. They only check once a year. Yeah, yeah. A few months don't matter. It's going to go. I, I need them to get the windshield. Yeah. I need to call Porsche and ask them where my windshield. That's why I need it's to do It's a Porsche. <laughs> also, uh, we mentioned that we're headed to a nice team building event, and it's kind of related to uh, some travel we got coming up. We had a great time at the uh, gun range. We had a great time at the gun range. Um, with Tim new experience. I've uh, never been to this kind of gun range. This before. gun range was awesome. Like when you have a lane, you have a lane. Like I, I did watch a video of that place before we went. Good. And apparently there's even better, more bougie and luxurious <laughs> lanes than that. Like you can rent out an entire like party lane. Wow. Which has two lanes. Okay. And like, uh, 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 um, 
a party area behind the two lanes wow. while people are shooting with like a coffee table and couches. Wow. So you can, you know, change. Everybody has to wear ear pro. Well, right. back there and probably eye protection as well. But there's like a kitchenette, which, you know, frankly, doesn't really make sense to me too much. Because, like, you know, if you just if you just like, you know, got done shooting and you want to tend to like the brats or whatever you have, it's like <laughs> you got to wash that lead off of your hands. But, you know, I mean, I'm not the designer. It's no, none of my business. I don't have enough money to rent that lane. There's a lot of lead in that lane. <laughs> but I will say, you know, it, it, it was very inspiring. Maybe inspiring is the w- wrong word, but it made me want to get back to going to the range That's more good. regularly. Yeah. So this year I asked for Christmas. I asked for a bunch of ammunition. <laughs> I got it, dude. Nice. I got a thousand rounds of two, two, three, five, five, six for Christmas. Also not the green tips. So you can actually shoot in. Not, no, lead core. <laughs> Believe me, I, I, I specified and, and Santa delivered. Good. Good. And you, you, I think you bought a uh, um, uh, a loader also to help you mag- uh, load that's your magazines. That's for my birthday. That's on the oh, way. Oh, that's coming up. Okay, My cool. fiance got that for me. It, She's the best. It's fun because it, it's a premium range. They have a bunch of other stuff. They have like a restaurant. They have like a, a knife lounge. Is that what it's called? Um, the Knife Nook. Knife Nook. Uh, some this, is, hi- this place is called Xcal, by the way. Some uh, high-end knives and then some generic knives. But it was interesting. And the lane that we, we had, um, Tim was nice enough to rent it for our team yeah. building event. So. It's a sick. I would say it's like a 50 yard range, but the night it's a single range where it's got cinder block walls along the le- entire length of it. So you're completely separated from the lane. Yeah, next like to you. sound dampened, but it, they had sound dampening too. I was like, you I, could not hear the lane next to you. I expected your rifle to be louder than it was, but no, because of all the sound dampening material that was down the length by, of it. By the way, your AR chambered in nine mil it's, made the weirdest sound. It sounds weird, doesn't it? Down range. <laughs> it sounded like a laser gun. I thought we were yeah. in Star Wars. Like, you know, that scene where they're, they're in the hall right. and all of the, the rebels are shooting at uh, the smoke <laughs> that Darth Vader's in. I was expecting to see a right uh, saber come through that smoke at any moment. When you shoot pistol calibers through 16-inch barrels, they all make a weird sound. Fascinating. I didn't know that. Yeah. So if you shoot like a 22 uh, long range or a 9 mil, I want to get a 45 upper, but that's that's impossible. So, Steve, you want to tell us about our sponsor today? Our sponsor today is IMTS Plus. The people behind technology, the stories driving the future of manufacturing, the thought leaders and people like us creating the products, the opportunities, and solving the challenges of our industry. Explore a new digital destination designed for the manufacturing technology community where you can watch, read, learn, join, and connect. Go to IMTS.com. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. So you mentioned Fruitcore earlier, and uh, I think it's time to talk about Fruitcore and yeah. testbed updates. So over the break, I checked my email. Like I said, I wouldn't, but it was the only for the one. I saw I got an email back from uh, the sales representative at Fruitcore Robotics, That's German cool. company, yep. German robot arm company. They're new. They're inexpensive, naturally, being that you know our organization does not exactly have the deepest pockets for a manufacturing technology budget. You know, we're not we're not making parts. <laughs> we have a test bed. We're not making parts. <laughs> we want to simulate. We want to to not not simulate. We want to make a replica of a manufacturing cell in our office, right. where legally you can't make a manufacturing <laughs> cell. But we, we, that's besides the point. We're, again, we're not making parts. It's totally legal. We're just doing experiments. So so they get back to me and they're like, we are excited and pleased that you are showing interest in our robot arm yep but being but we're focusing on the german 
and European markets currently. That's interesting. And we're not ready to uh, extend our support to North America just yet. Oh, interesting. Uh, they, they worded it much more friendly than that. Um, but basically, it sounded like they, they were a little afraid of some being able to supply us with replacement parts should we need them. Sure. Number one. Number two, I think they wanted to be careful around some of like, you know, the, the um, the regulations okay. in in manufacturing in the U.S., yeah. which I respect, but at the same time, it, man, it killed me. I was like, "Come on!" <laughs> of course, I jinxed us in the last episode. Yeah, I said, yeah. "We're gonna get a robot. We're gonna get this fruit core robot." And the next thing you know, yeah, you can't have our robot. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I learned the lesson, Ben. Yeah, you're yeah. you're always trying to teach me things, <laughs> and I'm never listening to you. And he said, "You know, Steve, maybe you shouldn't talk about like test bed stuff until you actually do it." <laughs> And like, you know what? You're right. I see it now. Now you see it. And now I say I announced something on the podcast before we actually wrote a check or anything (laughs) like that. And they're telling us, yeah, no, you're not getting it. Can't do it. So here I am backpedaling. (laughs) First episode of 2023. Like we're not getting the robot we said we were going to get. Backpedaling, Steve. At least backpedaling. (laughs) Great. Um, That's it's unfortunate, but I think it kind of conveys the uh, sea of uh, equipment at this price level, at this you know pro consumer yeah, level. It, true, it is very difficult. Like even getting the X arm a couple of years ago, that was right at the end of a Kickstarter, and it took us a really long time to actually get the physical yeah. equipment. Like 2023, 2022, 2023, we're trying to prove it's not just China or bust, right? And now they're kind of like. China's just sitting there <laughs> smiling like we'll take a check any moment now. And to be fair, so they do have equipment. I think their concerns is, you know, like you mentioned, uh, exporting from Germany and then importing into the U.S. and yeah. all the support behind it. And that's a fair problem statement is, you know, can they support us? And I think they're looking broader. They probably have received several inquiries from the U.S. and probably looking at, oh, how do I support? You know, do they need a distribution center? Do they have to ship directly from Germany to the U.S. for all of their uh, support needs? And that's not the best idea, right? So right. No, I, it's not. I definitely agree with their, you know, uncertainty. I mean, well, um, we're, we, we're just talking about your issues, your right. woes of trying to get a windshield <laughs> from Germany. So <laughs> exactly you know, this, this, you know, this is all foreshadowing, all foreshadowing. Yeah. You know, so, so maybe. So we got to uh, press reset on the research. On. Press reset. The, the good news is maybe good news. I'm not yeah. going to jinx myself again, but like um, Doug asked me uh, like, because apparently, yeah, Doug came up to me and was like, oh, tell me about the horse robot we're getting. Nice. It was like, well, it turns out we're not getting it, Doug. I'm sorry. <laughs> and um, can you go buy one and bring it in your luggage? <laughs> send me to Germany and I'll do it. <laughs> This is getting a little more expensive, but interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, just the flight is going to be the cost, <laughs> our budget for the test fit. Um, but uh, um, I'm telling Doug about this, and Greg Greg Jones, who who sits very close to me, of course, he's overhearing this, and he's like, "Steve, last year we got um, we were able to get uh, Chicago School a um, Universal Robots arm." Hmm. Um, for, for one of their, their shop class. Right. So I think we can pull this off because universal robots is like really happy with us right now. Sure. And uh, I, I think they would be willing to get us something. And I'm like, well, it is, you know, it's an off year for IMTS. So it's not like we'd have to, they're like scrambling to get everything ready for the show. So this might happen, but, and I say that because I think, uh, IMTS 2018, Mm-hmm. The beginning of 2018, we were trying to get our first robot. That's how right. that's how far back 
it was when we planned to get the X arm yeah. or a robot in general. Um, and I was talking with Fanic, you know, Doug and Tim, and I think maybe, well, yeah, Doug and Tim, uh, reached out to Mike Chico. Mike Chico sent, set me up with, um, the right people to talk to, to get us a robot. And then it was nearing the end of the summer in 2018, which means, you yeah. know, a couple months, uh, before, well, a month plus before IMTS 2018. And I stopped hearing from Fanic. Right. And Tim was like, stop reaching out to them. <laughs> They're, They're all hands on deck <laughs> getting ready for IMTS. Right. Just wait. It, it's a next year thing. Yeah. And I yeah. took that to you and they were like, we're going China. Um, but, uh, we don't want that to happen again. Right. So I think for us to, and uh, it might be the year to strike with like, you know, a, a member potential member company in industry. Maybe we can debate this a little bit more. Cause I, I do see value in actually trying to buy a piece of equipment yeah. to see what that entire infrastructure yeah. looks like. So maybe instead of an arm this year, maybe we'll look at some metrology equipment. Right. So, right. And Greg was saying like, you know, they, they, they would likely like, even though they wouldn't charge us, they'd likely like give us the robot under, you know, the, with, with the, with the agreement that one of us, me most likely, um, takes the class on oh, how sure. to use it. Yeah. And we assure universal robots that I will teach other people sure. how to use it. That's fair. That's, that's their agreement for right. like giving away a robot. And that, to be fair, that was the same agreement that Fanic had. Right. It's just, uh, the timing didn't work right. out. There's nothing against Fanic. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. And, but, Maybe we'll just stick to metrology. <laughs> I think it's time to pivot. Uh, speaking of which, um, you know, we've been talking about our time at the gun range and we're getting back into um, industry research. And yeah. you and I have been talking about shifting our research into uh, technology sh events and shows to end use shows. End use shows. So, absolutely. The fun uh, show. Not that industry shows aren't fun. <laughs> but like the, the, the beauty of this industry is anybody can work in this industry right. and get really excited about it. Maybe I'm speaking for myself, but you can get re it's e I find it really easy to get excited about the technology manufacturing technology because it fuels all of my passions. Right. One of those being firearms. I'm going to shot show next week. That's right. So who do you have lined up that you're trying to uh, stop by and take a look at their booths? First one I want to go see is um, well, the first one that I named, I don't necessarily chronologically want to see them first. Sure. Maybe sure. Daniel defense. And the main reason for that is they are a primary sponsor of the American Precision Museum. Oh, cool. My favorite trip, <laughs> my favorite guest visit in um, season one of Road Tripping with Steve. Yeah. American Precision Museum, heavily supported by Daniel Defense. Cool. I want to show them the recognition that their investment in the American Precision Museum is paying off. want to meet them. You know, talk shop with them, want to find out what machine tools they use and and what their workflow looks like, what yep. their manufacturing workflow, what some of the pains. Just talk shop with them. Right. Uh, another one is LMT, Lewis Machine Tool. Got to talk to them just because of their name alone. They have <laughs> machine tool in their name. Yeah. They are, in fact, a gun company. But what's cool about this gun company is a lot of other major gun companies actually have. Um, Contract shops, contract sure. job shops to make specific parts for them, if not entire parts for them. They they right. they usually go to a main hire a manufacturing facility. It's it's kind of like the watch industry, you know. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of stuff 
at least it used to be, is made in-house by that company. The Switzerland rules have changed with watchmaking. So now all of the watch companies now have to make their stuff in-house right. with their own equipment and, and artisans. Uh, and gun companies are can be like that or they can outsource. Sure. Um, usually outsource locally close to them. Almost all American made guns are, you know, if not made by that company. Right in their own facility are made by another American company within a few States from them. And LMT is one of those companies that makes parts for a lot of companies. Um, and specifically mill, uh, government contracted manufacturers. Yep. Colt, the, a lot of the parts in like the Colt M 16s and, and Colt M fours are actually made by LMT, especially that's, like the safety selector switches and whatnot. That's why the culture is so expensive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> LMT because is they don't make anything on their own. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, there's a third one that, uh, is getting into, um, high volume additive, high volume additive. So SIG, a yep. company that used to be Swiss German. Yep. I mean, there still are Swiss German. I'm sure they have a, still, have, still a have a few facilities over there, yeah. but they were like, you know, the biggest, buyers of firearms in the world is the us of a baby <laughs> maybe we should open up shop over there and they did and they came over here and lo and behold they've got several government contract military mm-hmm. u.s military contracts one of those happened last year in 2022 um was the adoption of the xm5 the next gen service rifle i think that's what it's called and the next gen service rifle, the XM5, and once it's fully adopted, will become the M5. Uh, that weapon system is not just a rifle, but it's also a fancy optic made by Vortex. Right. And maybe I'll go see them too. But sure. um, I'd like to see. I know some of the, the guys and, and girls from um, uh, Strategic Analytics, the other department at mm-hmm. AMT, has uh, one of the other departments at AMT has visited Leopold oh, nice. in the past. That's and cool. apparently they have a lot of index machines. Yeah. I really want to know what kind of machines a lot of these companies use. Definitely. But um, SIG and part of their M5 weapon system is Vortex. So maybe we'll see what if they're using index machines too. The big thing about the M5 weapon system is that it comes standard. Like every weapon, every service, uh, every American warfighter that gets an M5 will also get a suppressor as a part of that, a silencer as right. a part of that weapon system. 3D, fully 3D printed out of Inconel. Right. And this is for two reasons. A tactical reason or 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 a, uh, I think the word that they like to use in the military, a force multiplier <laughs> reason and a hearing protection reason. Right. And the human side of that is if you look at any American veteran, any U.S. Well, if you if you take all of the U.S. veterans, um, the biggest disability that they have coming out of service is hearing loss. That's right. And by giving every warfighter a suppressor, (laughs) we could we could suppress hearing loss. (laughs) That's a good pun. I appreciate that. It could it could be by spending a ton of money on Inconel <laughs> suppressors for every single warfighter, we could save even more tons of money by not having to pay their disability. And it, the best that e- sounded really bad. The best example that I've uh, remember is in Black Hawk Down. There was a scene where one of the soldiers had to <gasps> basically shoot very close to um, like yes uh, the ears of another person, and the other person uh, I think his name was Twomley. Twomley was basically deaf the entire rest of the mission. Right, and uh, you know that shows you the impact and how loud fire. If you haven't shot firearms, dude, it's very loud. That's a good point. 
Um, well, yeah, they are really loud. <laughs> Movies and video games, especially video games, yeah. um, do not convey how loud guns are. Yep. Like people, th- there's a term in in shooting called double plugging. I do that. I you everybody should do that. <laughs> like if if you care about your ear, that's putting earplugs in that stuff that goes in your ear that makes you deaf and then putting earmuffs over that that's yep. double plug being sure that you can't hear anything you're protecting your ears and yeah hollywood video games do not convey how loud guns are no. and it's cool that they're they're doing this cool. especially considering that the new m5's uh cartridge that it's going to be using is yeah. at like eighty thousand psi <laughs> and for reference um you know, the current military cartridge is between 58 to 61,000 PSI. Yep. That's a whole, you know, almost a 20% increase yep. on pressure. Naturally, that pressure is going to be converted to sound somehow. And that's a whole lot faster <laughs> way to uh, burn out your eardrums. Definitely. See, so I'm looking forward to hear talking about it on the podcast and uh, so we'll see what written content we're able to produce from there. I'm at least going to make one article about it. Let's get into some articles. Yes. I've got one from uh, supply chain, supply chain and demand uh, executive.com. Uh, and they talk about the technology trends to watch out for in 23. And the reason I like this oh, is this is fun. It, it gets back to supply chain, uh, which is going to be abysmal for a long time. Don't buy German <laughs> or don't. don't That's tr- mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and they talk about more of the digital side of manufacturing. Basically, how do you manage the you know supply chain as a whole? Right. Every manufacturer is part of a supply chain. So how do you um, kind of manage that? And they hit on a lot of digital stuff. Um, manufacturer will ramp up digital initiatives to attract next-gen uh, workers, which I thought was kind of interesting that that's the first thing that they're leading with is, you know, uh, they're already talking about trying to attract uh, the next generation of workforce and the technologies that they can attract them with. Um, cloud adoption will unlock uh, access to analytics um, and drive smarter decision-making to support manufacturers, which we've been talking about that for a long time. So instead of... Um, leveraging you know on machine or um you know analytics and in general analytics have moved from on site or Mm -hmm. on on local machines to cloud-based um my friend uh who's doing work for um uh finite element analysis work uh they've shifted to a lot more cloud-based analysis just because they can harvest you know larger and larger machines they can harvest you know more cpus so it's very interesting that um they're definitely approaching that and obviously with supply chain if you're managing that type of stuff, managing several suppliers and uh, as OEM, you're going to do a lot more cloud-based analytics in general. Um, the third note that they may make note of is uh, increased cloud adoption means increased security risks, mm, which yeah. that makes a lot of sense since, you know, even our own uh, IS infrastructure here, we're shifting from on-premise equipment to uh, cloud-based systems because we do have a remote workforce. And that is the trend across the entire board for all platforms is to have more cloud-based solutions, even just raw data storage. Having on-prem stuff, it's kind of dicey to have uh, a large amount of on-prem stuff with a uh, remote workforce. So now that you're in the cloud, the threat vectors and threat surface area is different. Uh, So that needs to be accounted for. And as you go through the migration process, the risks change. I wouldn't say the the severity of the risks change. It's the type of risks, I think, change. So I think that kind of evolves in your migration plan. And I like the last one also is uh, inflation will drive manufacturers to focus on visibility for better forecasting. Mm. Let's hope. Let's hope. That sounds that sounds great, but you know, put your money where your mouth is. 
especially those industries that are purely you know commercial or consumer driven. Uh, we briefly talked about this early in the GPU shortages early in the pandemic, yeah. where we're trying to figure out what caused the GPU shortages, and a lot of people are blaming uh, uh, um, uh, crypto mining. Uh, yeah, when realistically, just the demand was outrageously right, spiked. Right. So there, I feel like we we did blame crypto mining. Right, number one, um, and maybe there's something to read. From all of that, mm-hmm. crypto is tanking. <laughs> yep, crypto is tanking. Um, you know, f- well, first off, let's let's inflation's at an all time high. Yeah, and we saw this. We kind of got a taste of this, even though we may not have realized it, because these new GPUs, the RTX thirty series by Nvidia, was that, coming out, oh, yeah. and they were being advertised by their leather jacket clad CEO. <laughs> Um, saying that these are going to be the cheapest GPUs of all time. You know, our, our, our 3070 is going to be 450 bucks or right. whatever they said. Next thing you know, a blink of an eye happens later. They're being um, flipped on eBay for like $1,600. And that's a good price. Right. Well, that was a yeah. good price. Yeah. That's like inflation now. <laughs> like right now, inflation's crazy high. Right. But. In the midst of this inflation being crazy high, GPUs are now available. Yep. And they are dirt cheap. <laughs> it's come back down. Like right now is the if if you're a gamer, right now is the time to buy a new GPU. It's fair. So hopefully, hopefully this is a sign of the future to come. Right. And I think coupled with that, we've been uh, I've been working with our automation committee uh, and kind of learning about their struggles. And they've been facing shortage on fairly basic stuff like cables, connectors, things like that. And I think getting into, you know, better forecasting. So in the end, it's basically inventory management. Yeah. Getting back to the concept of trying to get stuff just in time or being able to deliver the final good. And we've talked about, you know, that, um, you know, integrators having struggles because of certain components, they can't deliver the full assembly to um, their customer and they can't get the revenue from that because they're waiting on a few connectors. So there's a whole entire ecosystem of, problems that are occurring because of you know shortages and i think the idea of being able to forecast improve our forecasting capability will help right. help at least set expectations a lot more absolutely steve you've got one on life-changing technologies five forbes has an article on the five life-changing technologies that you might not understand and while you were talking I was doing a good job at active listening and I should have been queuing up this article to be ready to roll. Now the title is very, very uh, impactful. So I'm hoping we'll see. The title is impactful. I didn't think the, I thought the article, I mean, it's Forbes. So the, I feel like the article was long winded (laughs) and had like basically the five technologies, four of them you likely already know. Okay. And the fifth one I didn't know. I hope you know. Um, But anyway, these four life-changing technologies that are changing our lives, life-changing, but we don't understand, artificial intelligence, sure, 100% changing my life. Yes. Do I understand how it works? Like like exactly the code that goes into making AI? Right. No, I'm not a coder. <laughs> Maybe Alka can tell me sure. what goes into coding something that's AI. Nina can. Or, Nina definitely can. You're right. You're right. Um, but I think- Not to discredit Alka- um, I think the basic principles, I think that, so there's layers to that question that I think right. you're kind of alluding to, right? The the most tactical level as in uh, actually creating an algorithm, very few people understand that. But the concept sure. of you take a, a, a model 
or you take a data set and you train an algorithm that's based on that. Right. You don't and write the algorithm. You exactly, train the you train algorithm. The, like what? And then you get, you know, um, and then you get an output that you feed in, um, you know, v- uh, variables and then it generates output. So that infrastructure that, that there's a training set and you know, how big that training set in the quality of that defines the quality of your AI and yeah. things like that. And that occurs for, you know, vision that includes for, uh, natural language process, that whole process is the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And I think a lot of people miss that. I think what was missed about that is that like AI has been ta- – they've been talking about AI, not just like, you know, bots in a video game. Right. But actual like the AI that we're talking about today yep. was started a couple years ago. But just like an actual intelligence, a real intelligence, um, it had to grow up. It had to develop right. before it could be marketed. Yeah. You know, it actually so like you know, open AI, what we use for text generation and yep. summarizing um, that was not always good. Right. But it had to be trained and it had to be trained through use. Exactly. And that's where I think that's the, the convergence of uh, two areas. One, the volume of training models that are available that and also the ease of implementation. Both of those come together this past couple of years where it, it's not super easy, but the ability to at least try things and yeah. get to um, uh you know, a useful model has come a long way. Right. The next life-changing technology that we probably don't understand. I can safely say I do understand, (laughs) but it's not life-changing yet. It will be. It absolutely will be quantum computing. Quantum computing. Quantum computing, not life-changing yet. Not yet. It will be. It will turn everything that we know about cyber privacy (laughs) on its head and will totally erase the term privacy at least from the internet uh as we know it like 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 right. so the, you're, you're it's terrifying you're looking at the but one when you have nothing to hide <laughs> don't worry about it you're looking at the so quantum cubing allows you know basically faster faster cpus faster it's not just faster cpus like like a fast a fast cpu faster calculations can, can do one calculation yeah. then do another cal- right. a faster cpu can do those calculations rapidly right. do calculation calculation yeah. calculation calculation quantum computing can do sequential calculations yep. in parallel right can do calculations that need to be done in order it's like no i don't and just lines them up calculates them all at once right right um so it's a paradigm shift of basically just that's what cpus and gpus do anyway they're just running through mathematical models like where today a powerful computer like like a a super computer like like something with a million cores or whatever you have right you know can um not jailbreak. What's the term? Uh, brute force, right. a password in like a couple hours, depending sure. on how complex it is, you know, more or less hours on depending on the complexity of the password. It'll br- brute force a password in that much time because it has to run so many right. sequential calculations. Quantum computer can run all of those necessarily cal- necessary calculations, regardless of the number of characters and, and unique characters mm-hmm. a password is all at once. And can get it done maybe in a couple minutes or less. And so the reason I went down that path is your first use case is uh, breaking into breaking computers. Never mind, uh, you know, enhancing artificial intelligence processing for like cancer or um, what's the one we're doing with protein analysis? Oh, 
protein folding. Protein folding. Never mind any of those nice yeah, applications. That stuff. <laughs> Let's you get know, right into security. Get your money out of the bank now. Because that number in your bank account on the phone doesn't mean anything. Put it under your bed now. And no, please don't do that. Um, What's the next one? Maybe buy gold. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the next one, this one's forget this one. Okay. I really want to use foul language right now, but metaverse next. Right, let's move on. Um, 5g, 5g, 5g. Ooh. We're seeing a lot changing in 5g. Sure. Um, all of this calculation that I'm doing in my hand yeah. is being done a lot faster because of 5g. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. And then the last one I have, I know nothing about. I don't even know that how this is affecting. What is web three, Ben? Web three. What does that mean? Okay, it's another way. Maybe I should have read the article. Nah, it's, you're, you're not missing much. <laughs> it, it's another way to uh, increment like technology phases for something massive. And this is for the internet. This is for the internet. So, so this just, is like Web three, Industry 4.0 industry is 4. like 0. Web 3.0. Right. So okay. the first iterate 1.0 was mass, massive adoption oh. of the internet. Right. Yeah. So they've gone from lab, from DARPA experiments, from <gasps> sending hello right. okay. to now we can buy an AOL subscription. Right. So that's 1.0. 1.0 was like, you know, some DARPA in the 60s was like, dude, I just sent a message to, <laughs> to Ben. He's in the he's on another floor on the other side of the building. It's like, what does this mean? Yeah, exactly. So that's 1.0. Now, when we get to the shift from to uh, 2.0, that's basically more of the creator movement. That's individual contributing towards their own content online. So that's a broader phase from, you know, stuff being stored online uh -huh. to basically where we are today and you take that back about 10 years or so to basically everything on YouTube, everything on Instagram, everything is user generated content being uh, put out to the world. So that's kind of 2.0 is that gotcha. Um, you know, the first iteration is basically infrastructure. Wow, we're only on 2.0. We just talked about 3.0 is the life changing thing. Oh, okay. We're about to find out. We're about to, <laughs> so 3.0 is okay. So right now, like the entire infrastructure is, you know, you have a server somewhere, all your data is on that server. Uh, so you could have, you know, one whole website on, you know, in this physical server building, maybe at a couple of racks or something like that. It's probably spread over that entire uh, server uh, area where 3.0 wants to get to is uh, taking decentralization across the entire board. So instead of taking, you know, uh, one set of servers for a single host or stuff like that, it's hosted over larger platforms or across different areas. Security is decentralized. Uh, taking some of the crypto mining uh, tools into decentralizing that stuff. So that's where 3.0 is headed, is more underlying technology to help spread the load across um, more area. That's fascinating. Do we'll you say. think... You want to notice a change. <laughs> we, not, well, not in my lifetime, maybe. <laughs> but do you think someday the same thing that happened to Detroit in the auto industry... <laughs> could happen to like the server farms in Loudon and uh, they could just be like empty and like like rotting no no it, it, because people will take over and live there right so that you're still going to need a drive somewhere to hold data so the, yeah. this is taking maybe instead of having you know the the capabilities and tools to um decentralize within a building you didn't decentralize across several buildings i mean some of that already exists but it's expanding that further and all the underlying tools to support that decentralization. So it's basically back to like torrents. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a very similar application where I'm thinking more like quantum entanglement. Right. So, um, but with data, actually steam is actually looking towards this process also as being able to, instead of hosting all their game data on their servers, 
if you want to download something and if you agree to that, people can uh, download bits of that game from your file, from your computer also. So reducing the load from the server wow. to decentralizing to people's computer. Steam so, was thinking about like playing with that years ago, though, right? Are they actually making moves to do that now? They're, they're, Maybe not they're Steam. Testing. Maybe it was somebody else. It was probably someone else. I've heard of this before. Yeah. It's been around for a while. This is cool. I mean, it's been around for very, a while. Very, very cool. Are we all done with the life changing stuff? All right, stuff? Forbes, not bad. <laughs> not bad. You're off the hook. It's a good summary of a Forbes article. <laughs> uh, the one I have is uh, um, trends to look out for in 23 since the beginning of the year. This is from automation.com, and they're talking about the top intelligent automation trends. So it's taking AI and turning it backwards and talking about intelligent automation. So it's not saying all the decision-making is going to be done on the floor. It's looking how do we implement automation in a meaningful way. Uh, so I'm not going to cover all 10 because it does cover like stuff on software development, but there's some really interesting uh, ideas here. One is um, the concept of RPA, robot process automation. And it's related, it, it's somewhat related to um, the oh, previous idea on um, uh, cloud adoption and um, AI. Um, so, like, um, so in, in a lot of cases, uh, the software, automating software tools. So, imagine Excel, you're having to copy and paste or do a lot of um, uh, edits continuously, rep repeatedly. You can build in a macro to do all that stuff take that concept and expand that across like several different platforms, right? So robot process automation allows you to basically automate stuff, uh, software applications. Um, and that's the kind of idea that they're looking at is not just physical automation, but extending the physical automation concepts to software. Um, and it's, and that's where I was trying to connect it back to is the supply chain side of, you know, your, uh, if you're constantly running analytics, running tools, running, pushing a button and having to digest data, uh, being able to automate a lot of that processes. Um, the other one that I thought was interesting, they talk about generative AI, which, mm. you know. That sounds redundant. <laughs> it does sound redundant, but I, I'm still looking for use cases that are talked about. So I hear, you know, we've been talking about generative AI for a long yeah. time. We understand the basic principles about it, but I don't see enough. And it could be just that not a lot of people are talking about it but I struggle to see a lot of use cases coming out and a lot of people talking about it or in the designs that we see being generated. The, the only use case that I can see about like generative AI that's being used regular, like actually used and not just use being used, but crushing it yep. is um, quest tech. Sure. They're sure. Killing it with like their, their specialty alloys. Yep. So they yeah, don't get enough credit. Yep. Um, and then growing impact of, uh, let's see. Oh, this is the one I wanted to hit on, and because we've been using this a little bit, uh, rise of rising adoption of natural language processing technology and yes, conversational AI. So this has been a hot topic in a lot of the news feeds for the past about six months or so. Uh, I think it's GPT three that's pushing out a lot of the conversational AI tools. So when you interact, so the analogy is, you know, say a couple of years ago, if you went to a website a chat bot popped up and said, Hey, how can I help you? Yeah. This is taking that 10 times more where the dialogue and the semantics and the conversation is more significantly more human, like and able to solve problems and right. Get to solutions and, and not and, say, instead of like pre press one for sales, right? Exactly. Press two for customer service. Like instead it actually like asks you what your problem is. Yeah. <laughs> so not like that, but like asks you what your problem is. And yep. it's like, and it takes those words out 
figures out what it means and then sends you down the right path. Right. Assuming you told it everything it needs to know yep. without like going through all of the press one. The first, like, uh, the first use case we talked about was um, I think it was NVIDIA or maybe one of the other um, uh, GPU companies was developing text to image. So you write in a text of what you want the image to look like and then boom, the image appears. Mm. So if you said, I want a cat drinking a milk out of a bowl with a tree behind it, you would try and generate that image. I don't know if it, I don't think I don't think it would actually you know try and look for that image. That's just what a Google search, image search would do. It would actually create create that image from scratch. Where we are right now is text to three D models. So you type in it what you want the three D model to look like, and that three D model will be generated. That's fairly simple model, fairly uh, you know nascent technology. But the parallel is very similar. Where we're looking at two D images now, we're expanding to three D. So um, it's a very Interesting path that we've seen. Uh, the last one I want to hit on is, yeah, that's the last one I'll hit on, is okay. faster adoption of intelligent automation for in small to medium-sized businesses. Right. Um, we've been talking about the automation journey for a long time and the uh, barriers for implementation. Now that costs have come down significantly and we've been experimenting with test beds, you mm -hmm. know, getting super inexpensive equipment. Well, stuff that you can't actually buy and <laughs> get imported to the U.S., um, you know, being able to figure that out. So right. um, I think one thing that uh, uh, small to medium-sized businesses will uh, need help with is they're still in, we'll call it low volume, high mix parts. So they have a lot of different part numbers that they're running through, right? They're not running, they're probably not running the same million part, a uh, million times of one part number. So being able to switch between unique shapes, unique part numbers. Uh, and we're seeing a lot more standardization on end of arm tooling to help su support that. So there's a big convergence of um, barriers that small to medium-sized companies have had that are uh, being broken down recently the past couple of years. So that is, I definitely agree with a lot of their uh, thoughts on um, uh, trends to look out for in 23. And, you know, as we get into IMTS for 24, we'll probably see a lot more interesting use cases that allow for more flexible part numbers through their manufacturing floor. So thanks, Automation. Thank you so much. And there's, there's a few more... Uh uh, th 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 that article has a big list of. They do. Yep, they've got. We 10 just of went them, over the top top. Yes. Okay. Um, and a lot of it does apply to like software dev and um, you know that type of stuff because they are talking about both physical and software automation. So it's I a definitely good article. Check them out. I want. I definitely want to read that all the way. Steve, let me know what's your thoughts on three D printing. Design for three D printing. Design for three D printing. Okay. I'm going to pull a fast one on you and be like, I don't want and tell you that I don't want to talk about this article anymore. Oh, no. Because <laughs> I thought I read the article a little bit further. Yeah. It's not a good one. It. I thought it was going to be a nice article about design for 3D printing. Sure. And the author of said article makes it sound a little bit more like they're crying about how additive isn't being adopted as fast as it should be because people want parts that don't make sense for additive manufacturing. And it's just like, <laughs> it sounds, this sounds like a cry fest. Yeah. And yeah. it's a problem though. I mean, I, I get that. Right. But that's not what we need right now. We don't need that right now. It's, it's too early in the year. Yeah. Let me come back to this after I give, give this article a better read through. And we Do just, it some honor. And we just talked about mass additive and suppressors. Yeah, we did. And we're going to even further when a good article and we've ran long for our first episode of the year anyway. So I think we've got a good amount of content. I think you should tell people where to find more info about us. They can find more info about us on amtonline.org slash resources. 
Thanks, Steve. I'm not going to say like, share, and subscribe because I don't know <laughs> if they can like it. Well, they can the- share it, and you can subscribe to my newsletter. That's solid. Bye, everyone. We got to put a like button on there. Bye. <laughs> or even better, what Facebook should have done, put a dislike button. <laughs>